Stephanie Diane Hartwell was a 25-year-old from Columbia, Mississippi. She was the mother of four, including twin boys. On the morning of November 28, 2001, Stephanie told her neighbor that she was headed to the store and would be right back. She then got into the car of a woman she knew. Stephanie never returned. She was never seen again. I'm at Denzel, and this is Unfound. Although recently we have not talked about it a lot on Unfound, simply because the facts of the recent episodes haven't been such to bring up the concept, luring continues to be a firm part of my thinking regarding disappearances. The idea that many cases, not just the ones covered by this program, have to do with the missing person being asked, convinced, or tricked into doing something or going somewhere an action that the person would not choose otherwise. This is usually accompanied by the missing person not telling anyone where he or she is going. And even if the person does so, it's usually a lie. Although the soon-to-be missing person doesn't know it at the time. I have to believe that it's a horrific scene. When the person who is about to be killed, then missing realizes that he or she has been the victim of an elaborate ruse. And maybe even some right at the point know that not only will they not be with us anymore, but their murder and disappearance may go unsolved for a long time. Well, in the disappearance of Stephanie Hartwell, I have to be honest, there is not a ton of theorizing or postulating to do with her case. So, on top of publicizing and trying to solve what seems to be obvious as to what happened to Stephanie, we should also learn from it and become very familiar with the art of the lore. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good's website, charlieproject.org. Stephanie Hartwell was the oldest of her siblings. She was known to be outgoing and loved basketball. After high school, Stephanie got her certified nurse degree. However, at the time of her disappearance, her most recent work had been at a Sunbeam warehouse, where one of her sisters was also employed. Stephanie had four children, two of whom were twins, and she lived in the same apartment complex as some of her family, with her and her children on one end and the rest on the other. The only major issue in the year before Stephanie went missing was a relationship with Katron, who at one time had been abusive toward her, although no charges were ever filed. Family members believe Stephanie was on the verge of dumping him in late 2001. Importantly, Katron was the cousin of one of Stephanie's friends, Lawanda. So, during the morning of November 28, 2001, Stephanie was alone at home, 
and on the phone with a friend. But Lawanda kept calling, interrupting the conversation. Stephanie told the friend she had to go, saying that Lawanda was going to be showing up at her apartment shortly. Minutes later, neighbors watched as a green car pulled up, and Stephanie came out. She told them that her sister would be arriving shortly, and that Stephanie would be right back. She was going to the store. She got in the car and left. She was never seen again. Stephanie's sister arrived to find Stephanie's phone and purse still there. In addition, the bathtub was half full. Lawanda to this day claims she was not at Stephanie's. Sometimes disappearances are a huge mystery, and sometimes they aren't, even though they still might be unsolved. Stephanie's surely falls into the latter category. Yet, that doesn't mean we shouldn't publicize these cases. In addition, there's still much we can learn that apply to other disappearances. And that starts with contemplating these three questions. Number one, why would Stephanie say she was going to the store and not take her purse? Number two, should we be convinced that Lawanda was in the car, even though the neighbors did not specifically see her? And number three, is it possible that Lawanda was also a kind of victim on the morning of November 28th, 2001, but is afraid to say so? Stephanie's family is sure Lawanda and Catron know exactly what happened to Stephanie. The guest for this episode is Stephanie's sister, Sandoria Hartwell. Unfound News It's past March 1st, so that means if you are on the unfound newsletter list, you should have received yours this past Monday. If not, you can get on the list by contacting me at unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Next, hard to believe it will be April soon, but that means not only is update episode number 8 coming but also the third annual Q&A episode, where I answer questions sent to me by all of you concerning Unfound, the cases it has covered, and just about anything else in the true crime genre. I will also consider answering questions outside the realm of this podcast, as long as they're PG-rated, non-controversial, and or too personal. So please start sending me your questions once again at unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, I'm starting what you might call a pilot project with some of the think tank members. What is it? Let's just say we're going back to the beginning. If it goes well, I hope to open it up to the general audience eventually. But trust me, it's work and not for fun. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Deezer, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us for the Unfound live show. All of you can talk with me, and I can answer your questions. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash Unfound Podcast. This week, I need to thank Diane, Mandy, and Jolie. 
You can also contribute at PayPal, paypal.me forward slash unfound podcast. This week, I need to thank Pauline and Mary Jo. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com or you can track down my assistant Heather in the Facebook group. Playing cards at makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfoundpodcast. The website, theunfoundpodcast.com and please mention unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the sister of Stephanie Hartwell, Sandoria Hartwell. Sandoria, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Um, let's start here. Um, let's talk a little bit about your family. Stephanie is your sister. How many siblings do you have? How many people in your family? And what was your, what was your family like growing up? Um, I have. We have three siblings. Um, we were a living family. We all was together all the time. We went on vacations. Yeah. And uh, is Stephanie uh, older sister, younger sister? Stephanie's the oldest. She's the oldest. And how how much older is she than you? Um, Stephanie's two years older than us. Two years older. Okay. And you said you have some other siblings, uh, other yes. sisters, or other brothers. It's Stephanie, myself, and then Dupree, which is deceased, and then Sherry. Okay. All right. And how did you four all get along? All very close in age or spread out? They're all very close in age. Very close. Okay. And everybody get along? Yes, everybody get along well. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, would you say that you and Stephanie growing up being two years separated, uh, you two very close? Uh, shared a lot of uh, personal talks and things like that. Very close. Um, it definitely was very close. As a matter of fact, we lived in a together. Oh, you did? Okay. Would you say that you and Stephanie very similar, similar personalities, similar likes and everything, or would you say that you two were different? Very yeah, similar likes. Similar? Okay. All right. Well, let's. Uh, so she's two years older, she's the oldest. And let's move on to this. Um, let's talk a little bit about Stephanie and um, her personality. Was she uh, very outgoing? Was she shy? How would you, uh, you know, just give, you know, I like to make sure the listeners at least understand who the missing person is, try to, you know, get to know them a little bit. How would you, what would you say about Stephanie's uh, personality? She was a very outgoing person. She was very sweet, very kind-hearted. Yeah. To help anybody. Yeah. Um, she got me to take weed. Yeah. 
uh, would you say that uh, I, I guess you had then a lot of friends? Um, yes. You know what everybody we everybody know in the community. Every everybody okay. And we have to remember that when she went missing in 2001, uh, she was 25 years old. Okay. Um, what were some of her interests? Uh, you know, was she? Uh, I don't know. Into sports? Into music? What was? What were some of her things that she was into? Yeah, she loved music. Um, when high school, when she was in school, she played basketball. But she loved listening to music, reading books. Um, when she graduated from high school, she um, went to college, got a trade. Wow. Um, okay. She was working at. She also worked at a gas station. I can't remember the name of the of the gas station she worked at. It might have been one of the Shell stations, but I can't remember. Okay. That's fine. Um, you said that she went to school for a trade. Uh, for what? Do you yes. know? Do you remember? For, for CNA. Okay. A nurse okay. And did she end up doing that or not? Yes. She did. Okay. All right. So she graduated high school, got her higher education uh, with a CNA. And I, I know that's a very popular field, especially these days. I know that. Um, you know, people that I know that have gone into that field after, you know, doing other things with their life, and it's very popular, pays very well as as well. Um, how did she do at school? Very smart? Yes, she was very smart. Okay. All right. Okay, let's move on to this. So she got a uh, trade, and what work was she doing at the time of her disappearance? Uh, I can't remember what job she did at the time of her disappearance, but... Um, I can't remember what job she mm -hmm. was doing. She might have been at some What was she doing? You say that again, please. She might have been working at, um, if she wasn't working at Saddleson Farm at the time of her disappearance, she was working at a warehouse at the time of her disappearance. All right, a warehouse. Okay, thank you. All right, and uh, I, I think anybody who has looked into this uh, disappearance, and of course, by the time everybody's hearing our voices, I've publicized a, a lot of uh, you know articles and items about, um, of course, Stephanie and her disappearance. But uh, she was a mother. Uh, how many children did uh, does she have? And just roughly, I, I realize we're going back 20 years now, but. How old were these children at the time of her disappearance, uh, and how many were there? She was a mother of four. She had a girl and three boys. Wow. Um, one of them was a set of twins, the boys. Um, their age was six, five, five, and four. Oh, my. Um, at the time of the disappearance, now they're 26, 24, 24, and 23. Wow, she had twins. What, what was that like? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, it was kind of hard, but we managed to see about our children. Okay, uh, but the, but twins? Do twins run in your family, or was that just some uh, freak occurrence, Sandora? Do they run in the Hartwell family? They don't run in the Hartwell family. They run in the children' dad's family. Oh, they do. Okay. Yes. All right. And I, and how was that pregnancy for her? And the twins sometimes can be very difficult. Uh, how did she get through that with having twins? Um, we was helping her along the way. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when she was pregnant with the twins, me and her had an appointment together, and I stayed with her, so. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
so no uh, no complications during the pregnancy with the twins. I only know that because uh, some things have happened in my family in the past, but I just thought I'd ask. She was, um, you know, she had a little morning sickness and stuff like that, but other than that, she was okay. Okay. And we have to remember she's a young woman, too, so in her early 20s or late teens, early 20s, so... Uh, she's probably better equipped to handle that maybe than, you know, a, a woman maybe in her late 30s into her 40s. So we have to remember that. Okay, so right. she has four children. Wow. Okay, four of them. And now they've, they're have they all grown, of course, 20 uh, years later. And do you uh, keep in touch with all of her children to this day? Yes. Yes. I end up, I end up adopting her children. Did you? I didn't know yes. that. Okay. And uh, okay, you you mean after she went missing, you took all of her four chil- children under your wing? Yes, I, I ended up getting custody of them, and um, as a matter of fact, she's a grandmom now. Wow. The, um, the the daughter she has three, and the baby boy he has one. Wow. Just don't have any right now. Well, that was mighty. Uh, of course, I'd probably say that would be the right thing to do, but you know, uh, I, I'm sure that was very difficult for you to do. But you got to do that because it's family, right? Correct. You got to do it. Okay. And so you raised them, and I want to give you all the credit in the world. I'm sure, uh, you know, it's, it was very difficult, you know, considering the circumstances and everything else. Okay. So she was working in a warehouse at the time, and when she, uh, at the time of her disappearance. Who was she living with? I guess she was living with her children because we're going to talk about that in a, a bit. But was she living with anybody else or was it just her and her kids? It was her and her children. Okay. And they were living in an apartment? Yes. Okay. And at this time, uh, how often were you seeing uh, Stephanie or talking to her every day, maybe uh, three times a week? What would you say? I was in there every day because she stayed on one end of the apartment complex, and I stayed on the other end with my mom. Oh, you were all in the same apartment complex together. Yes, we were sitting on the same apartment complex. Well, well, that was convenient. Yeah, that was. That, I'm sure that was very convenient for all of you to see each other anytime you wanted. Okay. All right. Um, let's move on to this. Let's just talk about because these are going to be some people that we're going to be talking about now from now on in this in this interview. But I want to talk about, uh, first, we're just going to talk about them in general terms. Um, let's talk about Lawanda, also known as Peach. How did Stephanie and uh, Lawanda know each other? Did you also know Lawanda? Why don't you talk just a little bit about Lawanda, how she, how, how she and Stephanie were friends and, and everything else. Why don't you do that? Yes, I knew Lawanda as well. Um I knew Lawanda through my sister Stephanie, but I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Stephanie met Lawanda because Stephanie used to talk to Lawanda's brother, and um, we also used to ride back and forth to work together oh. when we when we worked at a warehouse together, when oh. we used to work at Sunbeam. Okay, worked at Sunbeam. Okay, and your general, I know what you, of course, think of her now, but at the time, maybe in the late 90s, you know, before this all happened... What was your general, being that you rode to work with her, et cetera, what was your general impression of Lawanda? I myself didn't really trust her, but um, one week we'll ride with her, the next week we'll ride in my sister car. So we were switching back and forth like that. But I always have told my sister I didn't trust her. You didn't trust her. 
Okay. No. Do you think that – how did Stephanie feel about her? Do you think that she trusted her more than you did? Yeah, she she trusted um, – she was always saying it was her friend. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was saying she wasn't my friend, but she was my sister friend, so that's why I was around her. Right. Yep, and I have brothers and a sister, so – I know a little bit of, uh, about that as well. So, and I think a lot of people understand what you're saying. You're you're only friends with Lawanda because Stephanie was friends with Lawanda. Correct. Okay. And how would you at the time of Stephanie's disappearance? How long would you say that Stephanie and Lawanda knew each other? Any ideas? Um, it, they knew each other. I would say probably. I know. It was, over five years. Okay, so that's pretty long. Mm-hmm. Pretty long. So you have to remember once again, uh, Stephanie just uh, mid twenties when she went missing. So maybe they knew each other since they're twenty years old. Did they? Did they maybe go to high school together or not? No, they went to different high schools. Okay, so they met sometime after that. All right. Now you've also told me uh, that even though they were friends, they had kind of an up and down uh, relationship. Um, you know, being friends and then not talking to each other for a while, I guess. Why was that? You were, Of course, you weren't there for every second, but why do you think that was? Yes, the relationship between them was up and down. And like I had told you once before, I think it was because of jealousy. And because of jealousy? I think, yes, I think Lawanda was jealous of Stephanie. Okay. All right. All right, and we will, of course, going to come back to Lawanda because she, of course, is a key player uh, in the disappearance. All right, let's move on to this. And I'm sorry, but I do not know how to spell his name. I guess his name is... It's All right, K-A-T-R-O-N? Yes. All right, I got it right. Boy, that was a good guess. Okay, Katron, and we are not using any last names, by the way, for the listeners. We are not lo- using any last names, um, but I know that the last names are out there in the public, but we're not using them for the purposes of this interview. But Katron, um, who is he, who is Katron? Katron was a um, boyfriend at the time. Was was uh, Stephanie's boyfriend? Correct. Okay, and but I understand. Lawanda's cousin, that's what I was going to bring up. Um, how, how would you explain Katron and Stephanie's uh, relationship, your opinion? Um, it was up and down. My opinion, their relationship was up and down because um, right before, it might have been, I want to say like a week or two before her disappearance, she was saying that she was going to leave him. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. she was trying to leave him because um, I had walked in on him one time when he was uh, when he was hitting on her. Wow! And um, she was saying she she was gonna leave him because he was being abused. Okay, so she she was uh, had had enough of him. Yes. Uh, do you think that the two met through Lawanda? Um, I, I, that's what I think. I think they met through Lawanda. Okay. And how long were they a couple, Katron and Stephanie? A years, months? What would, do you know? I think it was a year, a uh, year and a half. Year and a half. Okay. And he was he around Stephanie's age, like, like age like mid twenties, or older? Um, younger. he he was a little younger than Stephanie. Little younger. All right. 
Now, you did say that uh, Stephanie has four children. Uh, Katron and Stephanie have any children together? No, sir. Okay. All right. And um, you you said you'd one time that you you came in and um, Katron was being violent with Stephanie. What what was the result of that? Did uh, did he stop? Did anybody call the police? Did he take off? Did he apologize? What what happened? He stopped when I walked in and I told him if he ever put his hands on my sister again, it was gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. And he apologized and said he'll never do it again. And how long was this before Stephanie went missing? In, according to your memory. Oh, um, it might have been like two or three months. Okay, so not close, but not far. Not close, but not, not close, but not far. Certainly within the same year of two thousand one. Okay, so um, and after that, uh, are you? How sure are you that he was never violent with her uh, again? You know, any? Did you ever see any bruises? I guess what I'm asking. When you see Stephanie, see any bruises, black eye, scratches, anything like that? I didn't see them, but her friend said she showed them to her. Okay. So, I, I, are you thinking maybe that uh, she was might maybe hiding this from you? Is that a possibility? It's a it's a strong possibility because she knew how I felt about her, mm-hmm. and so. It's a strong possibility. Okay. Um, Katron, being that you all live in the same uh, apartment complex, I'm guessing he lived somewhere else. So how long, how often do you think Katron and Stephanie were seeing each other? Would he come over and, and stay with her? Would she go stay with him? What do you think? No, he was coming to her apartment and staying with her phone, but she was not going to his house because he was staying with his mom. Oh, he was staying with his mother. All right. I can understand that. And, of course, she has her kids. That she has to take care of, so she has to be Correct. home and be home with them, even if you uh, do live in the the same apartment complex. Okay, and you've already talked about how it is your belief uh, that in her telling you, Stephanie telling you one on one, that she was going to be uh, dumping Katron, maybe for the reasons of abuse or whatever other reasons. Correct. Okay, and she had told you that. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, how did uh, how would you say that Katron treated you when you would see him? Um, he was trying to excite at first when I first started seeing him, and then he'll talk every now and then, and every time I come around, he'll start like he's finna go or whatever. Every time I come down to my sister's house, he'll say, "All right, I finna go. I'll see you later." He never stayed around. Okay, every time you came around, he got out of there. Okay. All right. All right. He might, he might have been afraid of you or something, Sandor. Maybe because you were holding in. You know, he knew not to mess with you. Um. You know, considering you said that. Uh, you know, if I you ever saw him lay a hand on her again, you know, it'd be big trouble. So maybe that was uh, the reason. Okay. All right. So um, we have all this going on. Stephanie lives in the same apartment complex. She has her children uh, between the ages of uh, four and six. Four of them. Um, and you're seeing her seemingly, uh, of course, a lot, being that you do live in the same apartment complex. And, of course, there's Lawanda, um, who uh, is is Katron's uh, cousin, but you're, uh, Stephanie's kind of friends with her. But let's move back to that a little bit. Once again, this is from a prior conversation, and you, you know, and you can, of course, explain it again. The way you explained it to me is that 
even though Stephanie and Lawanda are friends, that um, maybe Stephanie and Lawanda had not talked to each other for a while. Is that the way you remember it? Yes. Okay. Why do you Why do you think that was? And and can you even you know twenty years later say how long it was that maybe they were not friends? They hadn't spoken to each other. There was maybe bad blood between them. Um, what can you say about that? What do you know? I don't know why they um, why she had stopped talking to her or what, but only thing I know they had stopped talking for a while, and then when she was on the phone with her friend Shanetta, she started beating in while they was on the phone together. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that, that you're talking about the day of the disappearance, November 28th. Yes. Okay, but um, just to be clear, though. Your impression, once again, I realize you were not around Stephanie all the time, but at the time of her disappearance, it was your impression that Lawanda and Stephanie weren't even friends anymore. Okay. All right. All right. So they had a falling out. Maybe it was because Stephanie was going to be dumping Katron. Maybe it had something to do with something else. But as you already talked about, it very well could be that uh, Lawanda is not a very good person, uh, not a very good friend to Stephanie, maybe jealous of her, and, and maybe that's... Um, what was going on? Um, before she went missing, did Stephanie ever express any fear about anything? About Luanda, about Katron, about uh, anything? No, sir. Okay. When you would talk with her, uh, once again, in maybe let's just say the month before she went missing, that full month of November two thousand one, how many times would you say that you spoke about Katron and or Luanda? Do you even remember? Um, when we talked, she never, um, we never, um, even talked about them. No, we didn't talk about them. Okay. No. All right. All right, so let's move up to that day, which you've already spoken a little about already, and that would be November 28th, 2001. Now, you, my understanding is that you actually had some type of plans with Stephanie that day. You were going to be going over to her place or something. Why don't we just... Uh, you you were planning to go over her apartment, even though you lived in the same apartment complex. Uh, can you talk talk a little bit about that? Why was that? Okay, on November twenty eighth, two thousand one, when my sister came with me, I was going over there to drop my baby off because I had an interview in Hattiesburg. I had to be there either at ten o'clock or eleven. I want to say it was at eleven for my interview okay. for the hospital at Forest General. Um, when I pulled up. Um, in front of the apartment, um, mm-hmm. the neighbors, they um, told me that Stephanie had left. And I was like, left? You know, with the expression on my face, like, she left. And, like, she know that I had to yeah. bring my baby to her. Right. And it was like, yes, yeah, she just left with Peach, which is Luanda. Luanda. And I was like, okay. They said, but she said she'll be right back. She's going to the store. Huh. So what I did, I sat there for about five minutes, and then I left, and um, I left and went out towards the store and didn't see her, so I had to find somebody else to watch my baby while I went to the interview. Right. Okay, so when when the so the neighbor uh, right next door, I guess, saw all this gone down, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Uh, when he said that... Um, that Stephanie left with Lawanda. How surprised were you about that? Very surprised. 
very surprised. And uh, I have to ask this: Did the did the neighbor know Lawanda as well? Some for some reason, yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Okay, so newer car, knew what she looked like. Yes. Okay, et cetera. So uh, you get there. Once again, just to go over this again, you get there. Stephanie's not there. The the uh, neighbor sees you, you know, maybe looking around. Was the apartment, her apartment door locked? Was it open? Do you remember? I didn't, I didn't get out. Um, huh. I didn't um, go to her apartment door. Okay. You didn't? No, sir. All right, so the neighbor caught you before you even got to the door. Yes. Okay. When I opened my door, Tessie told me she had left and went to the store. Okay, and so then you went to look to go to the store. She's not down there. You don't know what's going on. And did you end up finding somebody to babysit your uh, child so yes. you go to this interview? Yes. Okay, and. Um, so you go to your interview, and do you come back? What what goes on the rest of that day? Do you come back to Stephanie's apartment to see if okay, she's there? I, Please. When I went to my interview, I was um, I was gone maybe like two hours. I went to my interview. When I got on my way back from my interview, I called Stephanie's phone. I didn't get an answer. Mm-hmm. So I went to my mama's house. I left my baby at the babysitter. I went to my mama's house. I um went back to my mama's house. We went to Stephanie's apartment, and um I don't remember my mama used her key because my mama had a spare key. I don't remember she used her key to get in. Uh, the door was unlocked. Okay. When we went in there, Stephanie had water halfway full in the She had her purse was in there. She had clothes on the bed, some clothes that she was gonna put on, and what she was gonna put my baby on. And was on the Wow. So you, was it your impression, once again, of course, I was not there, but you were there. Was it your impression then that she kind of like up and left in the middle of something? That she up and left like she was getting ready, you know, running somewhere and coming right back. Right. Her impression was that I'd be right back. Right. Because she had everything laid out. Right. Right. Uh, so you eventually, so you did go inside. Not originally when you went over there, but after your interview, you went back over there. And this is everything you saw, including probably what I think is the strangest thing, is that you said that the bathtub was half full. Okay. So it looks like she was going to take a bath, and in the middle of putting water in the bath, she shut the tub off for some reason. And then, of course, you already knew that what the neighbor said that she left uh, with Lawanda. I, I should ask you this. So Stephanie had a cell phone. Yes. So what I did was I called Lawanda. All right. And and when I called Lawanda, she said she hasn't talked to her that day or she hasn't seen her. So then I called Shanetta. And Shanetta told me that she didn't talk to Stephanie because when her and Stephanie was on the phone, that's who we did. And she told her that um, she told her that she was going to have to call her back because there was peach on the other lane. And we have to maybe save, tell the listeners, who is Shanetta? A friend? Oh, Shanetta's friend. Shanetta's mm-hmm. her best friend. Okay, thank you. We just want to make sure that uh, we mention these names. So that morning, uh, so Stephanie and Shanetta are on the phone, and Lawanda was trying to call Stephanie. Yes. All right, and then after that is when 
what the neighbor says, Lawanda came over and Stephanie left with uh, Lawanda seemingly in a hurry, given that, as you explained, when you got there, it seems like she left in the middle of something, meaning she was in the process of filling up a tub and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't full, for example. What about her children? Um, what about where, what happened to them that morning? Okay, um, they, um, they were, um, my mama put them on the bus. I don't know why they were saying in the newspaper that Stephanie put them on the bus. But my mama put them on the bus because they had cried to stay at my mama's house for this night before. So my mama put them on the bus. Um, and, um. Okay. I'll help you out there, Sandoria. So. Uh, that morning of uh, of the Stephanie's disappearance, it wasn't Stephanie who walked her children to the bus stop. It was your mother. No. She never walked them to the bus that morning. My mama did. Your mom did. Because they had cried to stay with us that night. So she let, us, let them stay with us. Okay. All right. And when you went over there, uh, once again, I realize this has been 20 years. If you don't know, that's totally fine. But when you showed up there that morning to drop your child off and Stephanie wasn't there, did the neighbor even say how much you missed Lawanda and Stephanie by? Ten minutes? Did they leave ten minutes? They said I had just missed them. Just missed them. I said just missed them. They said yes. They said, and if you go that way and go through it, you'll catch And that's what you tried to do? Yes. And and you didn't see and They were going to the store. How This store, did you automatically know what store they meant? I didn't automatically know what store they went. I'm going to say meant, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I went like going back down 13 to where the store is at. Mm-hmm. So I guess if I would have went the other way, I probably would have caught them. They must went out east or something because I didn't see them at the store. I went yeah. to the store and did not see them. Okay. All right. And so then, but later that day, when you called Lawanda, Lawanda saying, nope, I was never there. Correct. And did you at that time say, well, the neighbor says you were here. Did you confront her? Did you try to challenge exactly. that lie or what? I said the neighbor said it was you picked her up. The neighbors um, grabbed your car to the seat, and she was trying to argue with me. I said, you know what? I'm just calling the police. I called the police. The police said before we could do a missing person report, it had to be 72 hours. Yeah. So we started searching ourselves. Okay. Now I want to just go back to some of the things that were in her uh, in her apartment. You already talked about the bathtub being full, but her purse was there. Yes, her right. purse was there. Okay, so um, was her jewelry and clothes. Jewelry and clothes. How about her phone? Um, everything was there. Everything, all her belongings were still there. All right, including her phone. Yes. Okay, so you can't call her, so you called the so one. It like you left in a hurry and intentionally, like, like if somebody pull up, mm-hmm. if somebody pull up and just coming out to talk to you, and then say get in yeah. and pull out or something like that, that could have happened like that or something. It was like you was intended to go anywhere. Right, I, I agree with you, Sandor. Is that uh, well, you know I take anything with you. Right, uh, and uh, I know the listeners myself. Uh, we've covered about 200 disappearances, and you get very worried when you hear a, a, about a woman who uh, left the house, but her purse is still there, her phone is still there. 
for example, this may not be the situation in uh, Stephanie's uh, disappearance, but uh, maybe a food, you know, a dinner that's like half eaten or something. Um, these are all very um, worrying points because we know that people don't usually do that. Um, you know, women don't leave their uh, uh, purses behind. Men don't leave usually leave their wallets behind. So, of course. All right, so it goes through the rest of the day. Of course, her children come home. Um, what do you tell them? You know, you know. I guess you probably just have to shield them from everything that's going on, right? Right. Yeah. Um, when the twins... When the twins was trying to go home to their mama, we were just told them they had to spend the night with us. And they said we were trying to go home. We kept them there to spend the night. A daughter was trying to go home. We just kept them there to spend the night with us. Yeah. Right. So it was really hard. Yeah, yeah I bet. I, I'm sure it was. Okay. And so you tried to uh, go to the police, but they kind of blew you off? Exactly. All right. And how many days later did... How many days later did they finally uh, take you seriously? And I, kept, I, I had to keep going down there, and I kept going down there. And um, they found when me and my mama finally um, kept going down there. Um, maybe the third or fourth day we went down there, they started coming and searching, and I asked them to question Lawanda. In question, K-Tron. Yeah. They had the helicopter over K-Tron house, and I asked him to do a lot of things. He had told them that he'll come do it three different times, but never showed up. Never showed but LaWanda up. said she wasn't going to do one and wasn't going to talk to him. So me, myself, I went to LaWanda house and tried to go question her and talk to her about my sister. And she got a restraining order on me. And um, I was ex I was trying to ask her why she had her car behind her house. And the police told me I couldn't go back around her. I had to stay so many feet away from her. Else they were gonna lock me up. Mhm. Okay. So did the police? Uh, do you think they, they gave their best shot? I, I realize Katron wouldn't take in a lie detector test, but do you think that the police actually went to Lawanda's house and actually spoke to her? You know, one on one. No. They did. They did. They called her over the phone. Okay. And she said she wasn't coming down there, mm. and she can't be made to take anything. Okay. So I thought maybe they could lock her up for 24 to 72 hours and see if they can talk to her. I didn't know. But if they told us that they couldn't, I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right, so they have not talked to her, and she haven't talked to me in twenty years. Yes, See, and then when I um asked her that day, when I talked to her, I was like, "Okay, this is supposed to be your friend. You're not gonna help us do the search." She was like, "Well, y'all can call my cousin and ask him do he know anything." Okay, give us your cousin number. What cousin you talking about? Mm -hmm. She would never say, would never give us a number or anything. And of course, you know, people are going to be, of course, be very suspicious of Lawanda. If the neighbor says Lawanda was there and could describe the car and, and everything, um, you know, people are going to be very suspicious. Did Lawanda, when you were talking to her, and uh, did she ever offer up her own theory as to why Stephanie disappeared? No, sir. Never offered up a theory. Okay. No, sir. 
All right. Uh, were any searches done around the area? Did you even have anywhere to look? Yes, we looked in the woods behind my mom's house. Because on the end where we stayed, it was woods. So we looked in those woods. Um, we searched all those apartments, and then we went out east and searched out in that area as well. Okay, nothing. And we, um, we got flyers made. We hung flyers up everywhere, and it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, and um, has Katron once again, in your to your knowledge, has she has he ever offered up a theory as to what happened to Stephanie back then? No, sir. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on to some other things. Um, can you think of any? You, I think you probably knew Stephanie as any probably as any well as any person on the planet, but in your opinion, being that you she knew you were coming over. Can you think of any idea why she would leave with Lawanda when she knew that you were going to be there within a few minutes? No, sir. That's why I'm saying um, it was strange to me for her to leave. That's why I'm saying I believe that she was made to get in that car. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe that someone else had to be in that car with her. That's just my opinion. You see okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And we're, we're going to try to... Keep the uh, we're going to try to keep the speculation to a minimum, but I, I totally understand what you're saying, Sandor. That's that's totally fine. No, you don't need to apologize. It's totally fine. It, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. But I'm just wondering, um, you know, had that ever happened before? Let's just put it that way. In all the years, of course, you, you her being a mother, you a mother. You said you were going to bring your child over, and she, did that was that the first time that ever happened when you brought your child over and she wasn't there. Yes. Is your impression then that when Stephanie was leaving, she saw the neighbor and gave this message to you as she was walking out? Um, why do you think that she didn't call you or write a message on the door? Any any insight into that? The reason why I think, because I don't think she was thinking that she was actually finna go anywhere. Okay. I guess what I'm saying is probably the listeners, once again, are probably thinking this as well, is that, okay, LaWanda comes over, you know, is calling her that morning, and we're going to get back to that. And so LaWanda shows up at the apartment, and the way it is explained is that Stephanie, LaWanda didn't get out of her car and go up to the door. Stephanie went out to the car, correct? Yes. Is is that the way the neighbor explained it? Um, yes, because um, Shanetta was still on the phone, Stephanie Friend, and... Her was mm-hmm. still on the phone. Yeah. Shanetta, yes, they were still on the phone, and Shanetta said that Stephanie said that she had called her and said that she was outside, and so she hung up with her and went out there. Okay. All right. And But it was the neighbor who, who knew about they were going to the store, so your impression is Stephanie yes. told this neighbor. Is it a man or a woman? It's the neighbor. Um, It was a man. Man. Okay. So Stephanie tells this guy... You know, I'm going to be going down to the to the store with this woman in the car, and um, my sister's going to be coming over in a few minutes. Is that what she told him? She told him that she was in the, um Yeah, she told him that I was coming over there and let her know that I, she was going to the store and she'll be right back. Okay. And I, I know this is very technical questions, but I just want to be clear on this. Are, are we then saying, did Stephanie have to, like, knock on his door, or did he just happen to be outside? No, they were on the porch. Him, his wife, and children was on the porch. On the porch. Okay, so that was convenient for her to do that. Thank you for explaining that. Okay. No problem. 
All right. So let's. All right. So that's how that happened. Uh, she's on the phone with Shanetta, who, and I've talked to Shanetta. You know that I've talked to her, uh, and I, I will. You know, I, I, she gave me. You know, basically the same story that you're telling me right now about what went on that morning. All right. So she's on the phone. Lawanda's buzzing in. Finally, uh, Stephanie says, "I gotta go." Lawanda's here. She goes out there. As she's going out, she says to the neighbors, "Hey, my sister's going to be coming over in a couple minutes." Tell her I'll be right back. I'm just going down to the store. And and then she gets in the car, a car that we presumably had Lawanda in it, Lawanda's car, and they take off. Stephanie's never seen again. Correct. Okay. All right. Now, you've already talked about Lawanda getting a restraining order on you. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, when did that happen? Why did that happen? Um, she said that I was harassing her. I was kept coming everywhere. She said that I was harassing her. Everywhere I see her, I was asking her questions. I was coming to her house. Mm-hmm. And um, so she said she was tired of it, so she went down there and got a recording on. When did, how long after the disappearance did this happen, Sandoria? Um, maybe like a month. A month after. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Would you? I, I'm just. I just have to ask this. Would you say that you were harassing her, or were you just asking her good questions about Stephanie's disappearance? No, I wasn't harassing her. I was just asking her questions because the police wasn't doing their job. So I yeah. was asking her, okay, you're supposed to be your friend. You're not helping us look. So if you could tell me where you took my sister, uh, could you tell me? Okay, mm-hmm. buy your car behind your house. Uh, could you tell me different? Tell me what's going on? Because I went and told the police that the car was behind the house. The car stayed behind the house a month before it disappeared from back mm-hmm. there. So I just want to know what's mm-hmm. going on, but then you go get a order on me. Wow. All right, so what you're also saying is that the police never even checked uh, Lawanda's car either. No, sir, they didn't. Okay. Do you never know what happened to that car? She had a crush. Had it crushed, like took it to the junkyard. Yes, sir. Wow. How soon? Once again, the way you remember it, it's been almost twenty years. How long after Stephanie's disappearance did she have that car taken there? To your knowledge. After she had the restraining order on me, and I found out that the car was back there, um, they said that there are money, and then she had a crush. Wow. So. Within two months of uh, Stephanie disappearing, this car was in a junkyard. I paid for a car, nothing no matter with the car. Excuse me? Say that again. A car that was paid for, nothing no matter with the car, and she had a cruise. Wow. Okay. Thank you. So, uh, all right. So she seemingly had no reason to do that, but she got it. She got it crushed anyway. Okay. Has Lawanda ever taken a lie detector test regarding Stephanie's disappearance? She refused to take it. Okay. Uh, has Lawanda, in the last almost you know nineteen and a half years, uh, ever admitted being there over at Stephanie's that day? No, sir. So she has she ever outright denied it, or she just doesn't want to talk about it? What what is what is your impression on it? I know that she won't talk to you, but what what do you think that she's told other people about all this? She said she wasn't there. She hasn't been over there. She hasn't talked to Stephanie. Okay. All right. All right. So let's move on to this. You've talked about this friend. Um, you've used her name. I've talked to her. She's the one that was on the phone that morning. Um, 
here's what uh, maybe you know this, but I'll tell the listeners in this conversation I had with uh, the friend is that she, uh, when they were on the phone that morning uh, that Stephanie disappeared, Stephanie had told this friend that Katron had been calling Stephanie all night, and of course we've already talked about him there. He was in a relationship with Stephanie. Did you did you know this? Did you did you know that Katron the night before had been trying to call Stephanie and it was she was like it seems like she was blowing him off. Did you know anything about that? No, I didn't know that until um the friend had told me. Okay. All right, so this could be go back to what we've already talked about Stephanie looking to move on from Katron and he's trying to um, you know, track her down, wants to talk to her and she's blowing him off. But this is what the friend uh told you. This is what the friend told me. And then maybe we can put that together with then Lawanda, presumably Lawanda, showing up that morning. Maybe it wasn't actually Lawanda driving her car. Maybe it was somebody else. We don't speculate. We don't theorize on this program, but that is something that comes to mind. Okay, so maybe we can put that uh, all together. Uh, let's move on to this. Katron, uh, to your knowledge, does he have an alibi for that day of Stephanie's disappearance? Oh, sir. All right. And you've already said he was supposed to take a polygraph, never did? Three times and never did. Okay. When do you think was the last time that the police ever spoke to him about Stephanie's disappearance? Has it been a long time, or, or what do you think? Yes, it's been a it's been a long time. Okay, what has he? What has Lawanda done with her life over the last twenty years? Uh, what has she done? Has she stayed out of trouble? Uh, is she a felon? What What has she done with her life? Do you know? Um, I know she's got herself um trying to open up a home health business. Um, because she called had her cousin to call me on the three way. To see what I come work for, what I run her office. Wow. Yes. So she tried. So Lawanda tried to get you to work for her. Yes, correct. Uh, when did that happen? Um, that was in September. I think September of two thousand two. September of 2020. Oh, just recently. Yes. Just with the, just last year. Yes. How how uh, I guess the how weirded out about that did that make you? It was it was very weird, and I told her that I never never asked me to come work with her again. I, I have to. What she can do yeah. is tell me what my sister. I have to admit, say that again, please. I said, I told her she could tell me where my sister had given me some information. Right, and of course she didn't do that. Three. Yeah. I would have been like, uh, have you forgotten about my missing sister? You remember Stephanie? You know, that you were over here that morning. Have you forgotten all about that? It's just so weird. Right. Okay. What is okay? So uh, that is that boggles the mind that that she would even being that she got a restraining order against you, and then all these years later she's uh, looking to hire you for uh, work. Um, yeah. What what has Katron did done with his life over the last twenty years? 
he works on cars. He um have his own business and he do a body shop. Has he kept his nose clean? Uh, has he had any problems with the law? Do you even know? I have no idea. But I know LaWanda stay from place to place. She can never, I think she might be eating the move to Texas now. All right, so she might not even be in Mississippi anymore. No, uh, she's, in te- she's in Texas. Okay. Do you know if Katron and uh, LaWanda are still close? I have no idea. No idea. Okay. Did you tell me that um, that maybe over the last 20 years you've kind of run into Katron once in a while? Just in... Yes. I'll be still seeing Katron. Okay. So he's still in the area of Columbia, Mississippi? Yes, he's still staying in the same spot out there in Blue Spring. Okay. Do you happen to know uh, after Stephanie disappeared, did he get another girlfriend quickly? Did he get married? Did he have any children? Uh, how quickly after? Do you know? He don't have any children, but he's married. He's married. Okay. And uh, do you even remember back to that time? Did he uh, have another girl girlfriend quickly after Stephanie went missing? Do you, do you even know? I don't know how soon it was when he, um, he got in another relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to, once again, to I'd ask you again, he has never offered up an opinion as to what happened to Stephanie. No, sir. He's never, uh, once again, to your knowledge, never even pointed the, the finger at Lawanda. No, sir. He never said, well, I don't know what to tell you. Just as in, this is just an example, Sandoria, but hey, I don't know what to tell you. I, I've heard that Lawanda was over there that morning in her car. Why are you asking me? He's never done anything like that? No, sir. Okay. And to your knowledge, once again through the grapevine, have you ever heard that Luanda said anything about Katron maybe being responsible for Stephanie's disappearance? No, sir. Okay. Uh, I don't know how much you speak with the police, but at any time over the last almost 20 years, have they ever just outright told you, you know, we think that um, Lawanda and Katron and or Katron had something to do with Stephanie's disappearance. We just can't prove it. Have the police ever said anything like that to you? No, they haven't said anything to us, but they say that um, if we come up with any information, just come talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, one time they um, said that the case was going to come to an end. And then um, a new person, came, a new investigator went down there and reopened it back up. And so he's, he's looking into it again. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I just want to maybe go over something, maybe just uh, to make sure the listeners totally understand this about that morning. Being that these people, next-door neighbors, were out there on the porch and sitting there and saw LaWanda's car pull up, did they ever specifically say that they saw Lawanda, or did they just see her car? No, they saw her car. All right. So anybody, So I guess what we're saying is anybody could have been driving her car. It wouldn't have had to have been Lawanda. Yes. All right. So I just want to make that clear. Just because it's her car doesn't mean it's she who was driving. It could have been somebody else, just as an example, Katron. We just don't know, but... I just want to make uh, that clear. I don't want to put her someplace that she wasn't, but if it was her car, then she surely knew who was driving it. Okay, okay. All right, very frustrating. Very, very frustrating when you have these 
Uh, and then uh, you hide your car in your backyard and then you crash your car. Right. That, that is going on with your car. Yeah, uh, that could be seen as being certainly suspicious and maybe a sign of a feeling of guilt. Uh, that is, I, I agree with you on that, having covered 200 disappearances, for sure. Um, let's move on to this uh, regarding your family and being that you know it's been over 19 years, going to be 20 years, uh, you know, this uh, coming November. Um, how are uh, you said that you how quickly after she disappeared did you adopt uh Stephanie's children? How quickly did that happen? Um it happened maybe like a year and a half, two years later. Okay. And they were living in um me and my mama were thinking about them. But um for the school purposes somebody had to adopt. And so I adopted. Good for you. And how are her? Uh, I would never ask you. That I, I'm, you know, I know you think you've mentioned maybe their names or something, but I, I'm not. I don't want to get into that necessarily because uh, of their ages, at least at the time in 2001. But how are they doing these days? You raised, you adopted them, you raised them. You said that uh, Stephanie's a grandmother now. How are they all doing? They are. They are holding up okay. They have their ups and downs, and you know, but. They're, they're doing they're doing pretty good. Okay. Besides, of course, they having their ups and downs because of their mother. Right. Do they remember their mother? Yes. They do. Being that they're four, uh, five, and six, uh, that would at the time that would make sense. They probably would uh, maybe not remember that specific day, but they would remember, uh, you know, their mother being with them, and, and that's probably uh, really good. Okay. How has this affected your family? Of course, you're the younger sister of Stephanie. How has it affected your family over the last 20 years? How how tough has it been? Um, it, it it's really been hard, and especially on her daughter because her daughter looks just like her, so she heard all the time. Everywhere we go, people say you look just like your mom, you look just wow. like your mom. So of course, it's hard on her. Yeah. Right, and how is your is Stephanie and your mother still alive? Yes, yeah, my mom's still alive. Okay, and I bet the last twenty years has been very difficult for her. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay, and it, uh, and you should know, uh, Sandori. I I wouldn't say that we cover a lot of disappearances like this, where you have these facts that are very clear cut. And there's only one, you know, or two choices. A lot of disappearances that we cover for the program, there may be four or five choices as to what could have happened to somebody. But in this disappearance of Stephanie, it does seem like the choices are very few. And you know the names. You know these people. Your family knew them for years. And uh, seemingly, it seems like they've gotten away with something for the last almost 20 years. And that has to be very, very... Uh, difficult, uh, absolutely. And I know that the listeners are going to be thinking um, long and hard about this disappearance and how in some way they can help you. Uh, I'm sure their thoughts and prayers are with you in, in a situation that's so obvious. Um, do you have a Facebook page or a website set up for Stephanie's disappearance? Yes, we have. Um, well, my sister, she have a Facebook page set up, and it's Stephanie Hartwell still missing. Okay. Eleven twenty-eight oh one. Okay. All right. Is that the only one, or is there more? 
Um, that's the only one um, she has stayed up. Okay. Why don't you give that uh, out? Why don't you give the name of that one more time, Sandoria? Stephanie Hartwell, still missing, 112801. Okay. All right. We got it. All right. And I will, of course, link to that. I will make sure that everybody shares it and likes it. We can get some more people, more eyeballs on that page on Facebook. And, and once again, as uh, before the they hear our voice this coming Friday, we're doing this interview on March 2nd, 2021. This episode will come out on the 5th. Um, I will have linked to that page and a variety of articles and other things uh, concerning Stephanie's disappearance before it comes out Friday. Uh, Sandoria, any final words before we complete this interview? Um, no, sir, I just thank you and I appreciate you from taking out the time and trying to help me and my family. You're very welcome. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, Sandoria, you may not know this. I don't know if it's come up, but this is all that I do. Uh, this is my main job. I, I work on missing persons cases exclusively. I don't have any other jobs that I do uh, in my life, so I take it very seriously. I've been doing this for four and a half years. I can tell you that my assistants, that uh, Emily, Cherie, Carrie, Heather, Eric, and Natasha, who assist me with the program, they take it very seriously as well, very serious uh, as well. So, uh, And the listeners do, and we have a lot of great listeners who, who care about people like you too. So I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. And that was my March 2nd, 2021 interview with Sandoria Hartwell, sister of Stephanie Hartwell. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. I think you can now see why I gave this episode the title that I did. We have some of the elements that could be indicative of a luring scenario. Number one, a missing person going somewhere in a hurried manner without the possessions she would usually take. Number two, a person who knows the missing person being in the area at the time, but claiming she knows nothing. And number three, the missing person telling others she is being taken somewhere, but the missing person never shows up at that location. If you're wondering about some of Unfound's other disappearances that could be the result of luring, here they are. Suzanne Lyle, J.L. Hamblin, Tyler North, certainly, now that we know his ex-wife and her boyfriend have been charged, Bonnie and Jeremy Degas. All situations where I think those missing people were convinced of one thing when the motive of the perpetrator or perpetrators was something different. I've also spoken about these two scenes from a movie and a TV show so as to make this kind of scenario as easy as possible to understand for the public. Please skip past this next part if you've never seen Goodfellas or The Sopranos. I don't want to ruin their plot lines for any of you. In the film Goodfellas, Joe Pesci's character is told he is going to become a made man in the mafia. His fellow mobsters take him to a house where the character believes the ceremony is going to take place. Instead, they shoot him in the back of the head for something that happened earlier in the movie. The killers had to lure him to that house because there was otherwise no other way to put him in a position where he could be killed quietly. 
Then in the TV series The Sopranos, Tony and company find out that Adriana is a snitch for the FBI. Silvio lies to Adriana, telling her that Chris, her fiancé, has been in a bad wreck, and that Silvio will personally take Adriana to the hospital. So she gets in the car with him. Silvio proceeds to then take Adriana out into the wilderness and murder her. As in the Goodfellas example, a lie needed to be told to put Adriana in a situation where she could be killed quietly. Bringing this all back to Stephanie's disappearance, and if her case is really as it seems, the tough part to understand and why it may not be as clear-cut as many other disappearances connected to Loring is why would, on one hand, Stephanie tell the neighbors she was going to the store, then on the other not take her purse? Moreover, would Stephanie really stop filling up a bath just so she can go to the store with a woman who wasn't even that good of a friend? It's puzzling. I put that all together with my conversation I had with Shanetta, the friend of Stephanie who was on the phone with her that morning. Shanetta told me that Stephanie had to click over to the other line multiple times due to Lawanda calling over and over. Would Lawanda really call more than once to talk to Stephanie about simply going to the store? Would she? Really? Would once not be enough? Then Shanetta told me how Stephanie told her that Catron had called Stephanie over and over and over the night before, and Stephanie had blown him off. I think what I'm saying is, you put together the multiple calls from Lawanda, with the multiple calls from Catron the night before, with Stephanie obviously rushing out of her apartment without her phone, her purse, and the bathtub half full. I think we can know exactly what luring story Lawanda used on Stephanie. But I think Stephanie lied to her neighbors about it. Remember, lying is also an art. And sometimes it is done for good reasons. I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Dunsell, and you've been listening to Unfound.